From the protectors of the Internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast with Carl and Dana. Welcome to the PKO Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Department of Justice, Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. I am Carl. And I'm Dana. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to go over a, just a plethora of topics with you all in a short amount of time. We're going to answer some questions. We're going to go over an app of the week. We're going to describe to you how to report some online activity that probably is not so friendly or nice to your children and uh, explain to you exactly what we need to do or what you need to do to help us along in our task. But what does PKO mean, Dana? So the PKO podcast is made, um, it's Protecting Kids Online. And you can get more information from us at protectkidsonlinewi.gov. And this is a podcast that's offered through the Wisconsin Department of Justice, uh, Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. So the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force um, is a statewide task force that provides prevention, education, and investigative expertise throughout the state. And throughout the state, we have a number of affiliates, over 240 affiliates that are associated with the Wisconsin Department of Justice because we can't be everywhere doing everything all the time. So we really rely on a lot of our affiliates to kind of help us along in the whole group type. That's why we're a task force and we all work together really well doing the prevention, doing the investigations and doing that type of stuff. So we rely heavily on the affiliates to do a lot of things for us. And we rely on you parents as well to be having these discussions with your kids on a regular basis. And that's why we are trying to provide this information to you. We want to be a resource and we want to help you um, as you are delving into the world of the internet with your kids. Because the internet is worldwide and no matter what is posted on the internet, it can be seen in China, Japan, Russia, California, Florida, New York, or even here in Wisconsin. I feel so like we should sing that song, like Alabama, oh, Alaska. No. <laughs> Coming up uh, next, we will do answer questions section of our show, where we will take questions from Facebook, Twitter, or however you want to uh, describe them to us. We can go to protectkidsonlinewi.gov for more information on that. Okay, welcome back to the answer questions portion. Okay, so I think we have a couple of questions from listeners, correct? We do. Mary from Appleton asks, My 13-year-old is on PlayStation and chats with people online. How can parents prevent that from happening? Oh, man. Um, and this is very common um, that we'll get questions with uh, for, from parents that have boys especially just because with... Um, Preteen or teen boys, online gaming is such a popular activity for them. Absolutely. When you have, what, Minecraft and Battlefield and even Madden and the sports titles of Call of Duty kind of go into the war-type themes, very, very popular among teenagers. Even, you know, Mario Kart and, and things like that on the Wii, you can play online now and play with people across the world, which is incredible. I mean, you've always got somebody at different expertise levels and, and different interest levels that you can play these different games with. So it's it's really kind of cool. So the biggest thing to learn is the settings portion. So immediately when you buy a game for your child or your child buys a game, make sure you go online or go onto the game itself and do some research onto the game. You know, Google anything and you're going to get whatever information you can find on, on anything that's out there on the internet. Or just go simply into the game itself, have your child take you through the settings, read each setting individually one by one, and 
it's pretty common sense when you look at it. Language, graphics, chatting, anything to that effect. Uh, one of the rules in our house is the volume on the TV has to be down if you're going to be playing a game like that. Do simple things like that. That way your child won't be exposed to the negativity that's being kind of portrayed into that game. And that's something to be aware of. With with the, the chats that these games have, um, there is a lot of negative content and um, almost, I would say, harassing at times just because of um, the back and forth that'll end up happening as part of the, the gameplay. Right, and, and you never know what's going to pop up. Uh, Dana, didn't you have a, a case where uh, there was a suicidal thought that was being portrayed on a game? Oh, actually, so we um, we did a, a parent education evening in Cottage Grove recently, and a parent came up afterward and talked to me. I think her boy was um, 9 or 10, and he had been playing an online game, and somebody he was playing with started talking about um, suicidal tendencies and suicidal thoughts. And this poor young boy was was concerned and wanted to help but didn't know what to do. And so she said, what do we do with things like that? You know, we don't know where this other user is in the, in the world. Does it help us to contact our local law enforcement? What do we do? And I think that's a really good question because that kind of content can come up. And if that person needs help, we want to get them the help that they need. And we also don't want that nine or 10 year old boy to feel like this is all on his shoulders. Exactly. So I told her, you know, first things first, that's awesome that he came to you. But second thing I would absolutely recommend um, providing that person with information on the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline. And they have both a phone number and a website, and that's a 24-hour crisis line. And that's going to be the best bet because if you contact your local law enforcement for something like this, there's no way we're going to know where that person is. It will take a lot of legwork to figure out where that person is to contact their local law enforcement, coordinate some sort of response. And by that time, a lot of time has passed and we may be too late. The emergency may be over. And it's a lot of um, resources that were spent on something that may or may not have actually uh, needed those resources, I and, guess. And you just never know where these kids are. You, you know, To dedicate that type of effort to a local agency is, is not going to be beneficial to that and point. And if they need the help, we want to get them the help right away. Exactly. So just Google it, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If something like that comes up, that's the, where to, the place to go, and they'll give you whatever information you need and get somebody on it as soon as possible. If your kids are online gaming, though, I think it's important to know that, that there will be chat with strangers. So you have to decide what your comfort level is um, as far as your family and and how you feel about your kids talking with strangers online. As long as it's general chat, you know, it may be okay with you and your family. Um, but when things get more specific, when they start asking questions or trying to switch to a different app or texting on the phone, uh, that's where you might want to make sure your kids know how to back out of that conversation, how to say no to that so that they've got a response ready. One nice thing about being online is you can always just turn it off. And if you're, somebody is chatting and it's going in a direction that shouldn't be, all you can do is hit the delete button and or just hit the power button and you're done. You know, it's not like being in person where the kid's being bullied in person. When you're online and you're being bullied or you're being asked to do things you shouldn't, turn it off and every, that problem is gone. And chances are that problem will not come back either. Uh, so just to protect your kid in the short term and uh, kind of be selfish about it, uh, turn it off. That's all you need to do. Uh, Kim from Milwaukee. If my child or my friend's child gets contacted by a predator online, what can a parent do? Mm. Good question. Absolutely. And that's one that we hear a lot too. I think there's a couple of um, 
easy answers we can give you right off the bat. Uh, one would be to follow from the last one, block. Get out of that, that app or site or, or chat, whatever is happening, or block that person. Um, that's a really easy response that you can teach your child to take when they get that sort of um, contact or communication happening. And that all comes back into when you download an app onto your child's device, understand that app, under, go through it with them, understand the settings, understand the limitations of it, understand what the, the problems could arise from that app, whether it's not amenity or any of that, and what usernames could be out there. And if a situation like this arises, know how to push that block button. From or how that. to report abuse through that site. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or there's other avenues to take. Uh, cyber tip line. You can always submit a cyber tip through the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And this is something that we do recommend for parents that um, they see something happening that's wrong. There's child exploitation. There's child pornography that they're coming across online. And they don't feel like it rises to the level of, of calling 911 or contacting their local law enforcement. Um, but they know it needs to be reported somewhere. And they don't want another um, family member or a child somewhere else to come across this content. Uh, you can go to missingkids.org or you can call 1-800-THE-LOST. And they'll walk you right through that reporting process. Anything that has a nexus to Wisconsin will come through us. And um, we can then investigate or follow up on it as necessary. And 1-800-THE-LOST, missingkids.org, that's all part of the National Centers for Missing and Exploited Children. That's a very great organization that works hard to try to find any sort of sexual predators and or missing kids out in the United States and, and beyond. So those are two very viable, very reputable um, contact information for you to go to. And if you're hooked with uh, hooked up with us on protectkidsonlinewi.gov, we've got links to those sites there as well. And that's also where you can submit your listener questions. If you've got things going on that you don't know how to respond to online, or your kids are bringing you questions that you don't know how to respond to, um, you can submit those questions to us through our website. Again, that's protectkidsonlinewi.gov or on our Facebook page, however you want to get a hold of us, that's fine. All right, coming up, we're going to summarize Yik Yak, the app Yik Yak. Okay, welcome back. We're going to kind of go over Yik Yak, kind of a unique looking app. It's got a picture of a what, well, what a that? yak, uh, I would say, probably. Yak? Okay, yeah. it's got uh, <laughs> horns coming out of it, kind of a animated type animal on it with a green background. So the information that we share with you during these app reviews um, comes from commonsensemedia.org. The reason that we are providing information from that site is because it's a really good resource for you as parents um, or if you're a teacher out there that, or a caregiver. Uh, it provides parent reviews. So you can actually find information on apps, on games, on whatever you want to from the internet and see real hand experience that parents have had with these apps um, and maybe notes or tips that you can take away uh, while you're deciding whether or not your kids should be using these apps. So with Yik Yak, um, commonsensemedia.org actually has a little listing under Yik Yak that explains it as a gossipy, crass, anonymous app that lets you message nearby users. So I just want to make a quick mention that um, Common Sense Media's unbiased ratings are conducted by expert reviewers and aren't influenced by the product's creators or by any of their funders, affiliates, or partners. Um, so they are providing their own opinion on this, and we are just providing that from their website. And all we're doing is just gathering that information from commonsensemedia.org to get to you, and that's kind of what our resource through this podcast is all about, trying to help you get that information out there and get to know this stuff and understanding Yik Yak 
is very, very popular among college campuses and kind of the older crowd in the high schools. And what we're seeing is it's very, very anonymous. You can just create a, a username, you're on it, you don't have to enter any other information, and next thing you know, you're a part of a group that could be part of cyberbullying or any sort of uh, fraternity or whatever you want to try to you know, establish a group. And uh, really, cyberbullying is probably the biggest thing with Yik Yak. Yeah, I mean, is Yik Yak, is that the one that you have to... Um, prove that you're uh, with a certain high school or with a certain college. Is that you, Yik Yak? You can go on, I believe, and associate yourself with a school and or type of organization. That's one of their ways of verifying where you're actually at. Right. Yeah. So Yik Yak, um, users must be at least 17. And what happens is when we say anonymous, um, they can say, they can make comments, they can post photos, whatever they want to post. And then what happens is that um, posting goes out to... Any 500 people that are using Yik Yak closest to them, so geographically based on their location services on their phone or by that school or, or whatever they're verified through, those closest 500 people or more, if they're making in-app purchases, are receiving this content. And so that's why we're seeing this a lot in the news with kind of that threatening behavior or... Um, uh, threats of violence that are happening with schools that might be posted through Yik Yak, and we're seeing a huge law enforcement response to this. Right, and uh, even commonsense.org, right under the what parents need to know, bottom line, Yik Yak is not appropriate for kids. <laughs> I, that is just standing right out to me because it's so anonymous, it's so dangerous, it, it can lead to such terrible things that, uh, and we're not saying that you shouldn't download it, we're not bashing Yik Yak in, in any way, we're just trying to make you aware of the dangerousness of this and the potential harm that could cause your child. Yep, we're just sharing the risks here. So, I mean, it could be something as as tame as like, where's everybody going on spring break or something like that? Because then people can upvote or downvote. They can um, share information back and forth like that. But then we'll see a lot of information, like we said, on um, threats, on sexually explicit messages, on posts about either seeking or using drugs and alcohol. And obviously those are all risky things that we don't want to see our kids taking part in. And we don't want to see um, anonymous posts of because you know, those are things that really need some some discussion with family members, with parents, with caregivers. And if it's anonymous, we can't help out with that. Right. And understand, parents, that even though your kid might be 18, 19 years old, they're going to college, you may be still responsible for the content that goes onto that phone, too, because you're probably more than likely paying for it, especially if they're going to college. So understand that even if your, your child is 19, 20 years old and they're a senior at college, and they're posting stuff on Yik Yak and exchanging these types of uh, images, you know, generally that's uh, going to be falling back onto you, on the, onto that phone, uh, you know, the owner of that phone. So uh, understand the risks are still out there even if your child is over 18. So if your kid is using Yik Yak, let's talk about some discussion points maybe that you can has a, have as a family. Uh, we talked about the anonymous posting. Um, I think you can tie this into the idea of cyberbullying. And I know that this is a, a buzzword and I know a lot of, of kids and teens are getting sick of hearing it, but I think it's a really important thing to talk about, especially with 
the increased online culture um, that we're seeing and the anonymity that it provides just because you aren't seeing that other person's reaction on the other side of the screen um, when you may be saying some of these things. So I think that's one really good way to kind of start talking about anonymity and why that might not be the best thing um, when you're posting some of these things. Right. You always want to try to stay on top of your kids' online lives. And when they you find a username that you have no idea what it is or, or who it is, that, that's going to be a problem. So you want to make sure that you're out there, you're involved with their online activity, social activity, I guess, and staying on top of it because you just, as a parent, you don't want to have that kid. I think the other, I think there's two other really good discussion points with this. One, with with the threats that we're seeing posted sometimes, I think it's good to talk about use of resources in general, just because law enforcement response to this is tremendous. They have to make sure that entire schools are are safe um, for some of these things that are posted. And the amount of resources that takes is incredible. Right. When you're talking about interviewing, you know, 200 kids, three, 400 kids, depending on the size of your school, and that can't be done with just one agent or one officer at a time. So that's you're pulling resources off of other cases and maybe even more severe cases of either child production, uh, child pornography production, or either a, a traveler or a, some sort of chat suspect that's really preying on kids. And it could be prevented by you, the parent, right at, right in the beginning by understanding what your child is doing online and the capabilities of what they're doing online. Uh, I think the the last thing that we can kind of use as a discussion point here is that idea of age restrictions. So we mentioned that um, Yik Yak uh, users are supposed to be 17 or above. And I think this is a really good discussion point uh, for you to have with your kids about age restrictions on apps and why it's important to honor those age restrictions, why they have them. Um, and you can kind of talk about why this app might not be appropriate for kids younger than that. And you can also talk about just in general your idea of internet safety and what's okay and what's not okay and talk to them about their ideas of that and just really make it an open dialogue so that you get a better idea of what your child might be doing online. Excellent. So coming up next, we're going to talk about, you know, how do you report something? How do you get a hold of us, especially us with the Wisconsin Internet Trials Against Children Task Force? Okay, so reporting. Oftentimes when we're coming across this stuff, what do we do? What do we do with it? Well, it's online, right? So what a better way to just jump back online again and go to protectkidsonlinewi.gov. <laughs> so if it's happening online, you know what? Just go back online again and say, Google it. Protect Kids Online WI, and you're going to come right to our website. And we can connect you with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We can connect you with your local law enforcement. Um, I think there's two really easy ways to respond to this type of content that you might find online. And that, that could be something that is really extreme cyberbullying that is taking place to the, to the point of threats of violence. Or it could be something like child pornography or um, sexual content within chats with children, that type of stuff. So you can report abuse on that website uh, or that app, or you can report through the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at missingkids.org or 1-800-THE-LOST. So yeah, if you're not computer savvy and you don't want to go online, or maybe something happens so your computer's crashed, 1-800-THE-LOST, just pick up the phone, dial it, you're going to get the National Center for Missing and Exploited Kids. It'll They'll walk you right through that whole reporting yep. process, and that way you don't have any questions about whether something goes through or not. Anything that has a nexus to Wisconsin, um, either by victim or reported user, will come to us, and we can then either investigate or follow up on it as necessary. 
Okay, thanks for listening to us today. ProtectKidsOnlineWI.gov. That's a website that you need to become familiar with. You need to know that website, ProtectKidsOnlineWI.gov. That's where you can reach us. Submit your questions for us for following episodes and uh, any resources that you might need, we can hook you up with on there as well. Facebook, Twitter, we're out there too. Make yep. sure you, you go on the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. We're out there. Just find us Facebook, Twitter. Also, go to the iTunes app if you could. Rate us honestly. Let us know if we're doing bad. Let us know if we're doing good. Of course, we're doing great, right, Dana? Absolutely. And uh, help us out there. That's how we're going to try to improve this podcast, try to get different types of information out to you guys. Stay safe. Stay safe.